3D printing technology is pushing the limits of customization, bringing ease to surgical planning and making predictable outcomes. If you are a surgeon wanting to make lives better, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Surgeons in 3D Printing podcast. And now, your host, Dr. Ruchi Pathak Cole, to take you on this beautiful journey. Welcome to the podcast, Surgeons in 3D Printing. Our guest today is an award-winning prosthodontist from California, Dr. Saj Jivraj. Dr. Saj has been using 3D technology in his clinical practice for varied applications. Let us hear from the implantology legend himself about his beautiful journey. Hello, Dr. Jivraj. It's a pleasure to have you as a guest here. Hello, it's a pleasure. Pleasure being here. India is a place close to my heart. I, I've been there many, many times. I have many, many friends there. Amazing. So could you just tell about the basic spectrum of the clinical services that you have in general? Sure. So I, I'm a prosthodontist, which um, essentially I, I do 70% restorative, 30% surgical. Um, most of my work would involve cosmetic rehabilitations, um, full mouth implant rehabilitations. And we do you know, a lot of you know, cosmetic makeovers. We also have our own dental laboratory um, where we you know, interact with our technicians and we, we're utilizing much more modern technology to produce restorations. Um, so we have a busy prosthodontic practice. Um, lo I love what I do. And you know, I've got a fantastic team of you know, assistants and technicians who support me. Amazing. So what was your very first exposure to 3D printing? Uh, which basically led you to adopt this technology? Uh, my first exposure, um, I went to this meeting and I saw this um, speaker talk about combining CT scans with models and fusing them together and providing you know, surgical guides. So my first step into this arena um, really was printed surgical guides. Um, and I used them for when I was playing multiple implants right next you know, to each other. Um, because the surgical guide gave us, you know, precision in placement. Um, and that was, you know, I would say almost eight to 10 years ago. Um, so although we're talking about 3D printing today, like it's new, um, it's not new. It's been around exactly. for a long, long time. And I think the early adopters have probably changed the way they do things a little bit in regards to 3D printing and the applications they have for it. So, so how long is this like around, uh, this should be like around 2000, uh, the year 2000? Um, 2000, no, 10 years, like eight to 10 years ago. So we're looking at 2010, 2012. Okay. Um, when we started um, using the technology. Okay. So that happened uh, in uh, England or that happened in the US? Because I'm just curious about the fact that during your graduation, did you find 3D printing in your uh, surroundings happening in the healthcare or did you see it like when you were into your post graduation? So I've been. Um, in the U.S. and California specifically since 1999. Um, I graduated from USC School of Dentistry 2002, and I can tell you in those three years, there was nothing digital. Everything was analog, um, and we learned very strong analog principles, so there was really nothing digital in that time. So please share your very first case that you did, uh, maybe with the implant guide, if that was the beginning. The first thing we did um, was the central incisor. Um, and everybody talks about three-dimensional okay. implant placement. 
Um, and we had, you know, scanned, we had, we had obtained the model, we had scanned the mouth, and we were testing a prototype, you know, software, um, and we would 3D printed a, a surgical guide. And I'll be the first one to tell you that a printed guide is wonderful in terms of 3D positioning, but there are still some analog decisions to be made. I think I find that a lot of dentists, they, they utilize technology thinking that the technology is going to compensate for the, I wouldn't say lack of education, but I would say the lack of skills. The 3D printed guide doesn't give you the perfect placement. It's the person behind the 3D printed guide. The 3D printed guide is just a useful tool to get you there. So how were your outcomes after that, uh, after that surgery? Because that should be the first one that you did. I mean, I don't think anybody forgets the first surgery. You know what? Um, the first surgery went well. Um, I can tell you I chose a case with tons of bone, um, good periodontium. And honestly, if I probably had placed it freehand, it probably would have come out the same. But I wanted to test um, the 3D guide to see how much it helped me. Um, so, you know, it, it worked very, very well and very smoothly. The aesthetics came out very well. As you know, in the aesthetic zone, even like a millimeter placement off um, can impact the final aesthetic result. So, yeah, it went yes. wonderfully. Amazing. So then how did you progress to more cases and maybe the variety of cases? You know, as, as things got better and the technology got better, um, we started implementing a lot of digital techniques um, within our daily practice. Um, for example, I'm sure most people today um, would have intraoral scanners. You know, an intraoral scanners really simplified, you know, things for us. So when we start talking about 3D printing, there are many things we use 3D printing for today. We're not just talking about surgical guides. We're using 3D printers for night guards. We're using 3D printers um, for ortho aligners. We're using 3D printers to fabricate provisional restorations. We're using 3D printers to print, you know, occlusal rims and denture triants. You know, there are so many applications of 3D printers. Exactly. So do you have a printer installed at your center or um, are you outsourcing it like a 3D printing service? You know, um, I have, I'm fortunate enough that I, I have a laboratory um, which is associated with the practice. So we get to control, you know, everything. So we do have a couple of printers um, in our lab, but I would say for the for the person looking to get into 3D printing, um, if you have an intraoral scanner, even if you don't have an intraoral scanner, um, you can make an analog impression and the lab can scan it for you and show you how they would incorporate um, 3D printing as part of your treatment. So in short, I would say that today, even if the dentist doesn't know, but actually they are using 3D printing quite a lot of times because we kind of outsource our work like suppose uh, crown and bridges. So more or less so things are happening. Well, for sure. 3D printing really simplifies our workflow. It reduces time, it produces accuracy, but accuracy is really dependent on the type of 3D printer you have. You know, certain 3D printers are useful just for uh, making, you know, surgical guides and night guards. Um, the more high-end 3D printers are accurate for model and die work, which you'd use for crown and bridge work or veneers and what have you. Um, so it really depends on the output of the printer. Amazing. So uh, 
what do you think about 3d printing being good as for you as a surgeon or the practitioner or being good for the patient for the service that you deliver i will tell you um, it is decreased time it's decreased remakes it um, definitely impresses the patient when the patient sees um, a 3d printed model of their mouth um, it just you know you can delegate a lot to well-trained auxiliaries for example an intraoral scan um, i know most dentists are you know control freaks and they want everything um, controlled but i can tell you i've trained all of my assistants to scan mouse and scan preps and what have you and they actually have a lot of fun doing it um, and it kind of adds a different dimension to the practice definitely but how do you cover that extra cost which comes with 3d printing because at the end of the day, the patient is more uh, concerned about the service that is delivered. So whether it is with 3D printing or without, but how do you cover that extra cost? All right. So cost is a consideration in everything we do in dentistry. Um, and it's a matter of managing your overhead. So for example, if I was to ask the average dentist, now what does it cost you to prepare a tooth or a crown? I bet you the average dentist would not be able to tell you because they have to take into account cotton rolls, they have to take into account anesthesia needles, exactly. time, yeah, it's stop, overhead, all of that stuff. So when we start talking about cost, um, don't let cost be a reason to prevent you from getting to this top technology. You can get in at a very low cost by doing analog impressions. Your lab can scan it. Your lab can print the guide. So your laboratory will take most of that cost. Um, and then once you start getting more efficient with the workflow, incorporate an intraoral scanner, um, and you will see that things go much smoother, um, and cost will really be insignificant. Yeah, very true. So, how, what are your suggestions to a general dentist who wants to start with three D printing with a basic setup? I mean, with no investment onto a three D printer or a software, or maybe, yeah. So, how what would you suggest in that case? Where to start from? Well, so I would find a laboratory um, which has a very good setup. You know, some of the laboratories today um, even, you know, have somebody who can come with an intraoral scanner to your practice, you know, scan the mouth and start with a 3D printed model, you know, diagnostic cast. Instead of making impressions and pouring them in stone, have a 3D printed model. And once you see those models and you, you know, how clean they are, um, it really it not only will impress you, but it'll be very impressive for the patient. I, I give you a perfect example today, full mouth diagnostic wax up, doing it analog. We know how long that takes, right? You know, a technician exactly. has to sit at the bench literally two days maybe to really wax everything up. Today, we do that wax up digitally. We have the 3D model printed of the pre-op and the post, you know, diagnostic wax up. And based on the models that are printed, I can, you know, fabricate matrices and reduction guides and you know, matrices for provisionals and all that kind of stuff. So um, for me, I don't know what I would do without 3D printing today. Yeah, very true. So once you've got into the technology, it becomes, it is like you get dependent on that because of the time that it saves and makes your life easy. Not just that, it's a, it's a practice differentiator. You know, I think in yes. these times where, you know, people are, you know, panicking because of COVID-19 and, you know, practitioners are looking to see where can they differentiate themselves. This is a really something that will differentiate your practice for sure. 
So, Dr. Chivraj, you have co-authored the book Treatment Planning in Implant Dentistry, uh, which is a textbook by dental students and it is being read worldwide. So, uh, does it have that element of using guides and, uh, you know, for implants? Wow, you know, you, you remind me how old uh, I am now. That was published in 2006. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, when we published that, it was all about analog principles. And I will emphasize that your analog techniques and principles are super important. Um, and then adding technology to that will make you more efficient. And once again, don't think that the technology makes you better. The technology makes you quicker and more efficient, but your analog principles is where you know, everything is at. Now changes in, you know, in 2018, we, we wrote another text, Graphless Solutions for Implant Dentistry, Management of the Edentulous Patient. And in that particular text, we do have um, 3D printed guides. We do have surgical guides made. We do have, you know, 3D printed try-ins. You know, so from 2006 to 2018, there's been a dramatic shift in technology. Um, it's like your iPhone. It's changing every, yeah. every year. And unfortunately, if you don't keep up with the technology, you get left behind. From a practitioner perspective, I can understand that they invest in technology and it's, you know, outdated in six months or a year. Um, so with that in mind, I, you know, if you're starting out, just work with a few labs, you know, intraoral scanners, I'm sure there are plenty of software updates that you can have. 3D printing is something that your lab can do. If you have a 3D printer in-house, maybe start with surgical guides, night guards, you know, something which is a simple procedure. Yeah, and I think that's a good, good place to begin with. Yeah. So you're also the former chairman of the Fixed Prosthodontics and Operative Dentistry at the University of uh, Southern California. Can you share some insight on any kind of courses, any kind of uh, initial instincts which are taken to kind of for the dental graduates to actually adopt technology in the U.S. if there are any? I will tell you, um, since I was chairman, I'm no longer chairman there now. Um, I left there in 2006 having ran the department for about four years. Um, we were doing solely analog techniques in those days. Today, um, what they're teaching at USC is phenomenal. You know, they are okay. 3D printing dentures. They are scanning, you know, zirconia crowns are being melted. You know, there's hardly any, you know, metal being used. They are laser sintering, um, removable partial denture frameworks, you know, um, 3D printing them. Um, it's it's amazing how much use of technology they have. Now that has a plus, like a positive and a negative, meaning that if they train you with all this technology, the goal is that when you go out, hopefully you go into a practice which has all this practice technology. If they don't have this technology, then you might be in a little bit of trouble. So what I mean to say is that initially you have to know the skill right with the analog techniques. And then later, I think you should catch up with this so that you are at the right place. And as you said, it is a differentiating factor in your practice. No, no, for sure. You know, to, to that end, we, we did form an entity you may or may not know called the Digital Dentistry Institute. And, you know, some of your listeners that are interested, if they go to ddidental.com, um, and what we've done is we treat, we teach a series of courses from single tooth to full mouth, but we always start with analog, make sure that that analog is solid. And then we go into the digital workflow and then the whole spectrum of, you know, like workflows so that you can become more efficient at it. 
because a lot of dentists are worried about it. which scanner should I buy, which printer should I buy, how do I make this productive, you know, how can exactly. I train my auxiliary to use it? So there's so many things to think about. Amazing. So where do you see now the potential of 3D printing technology as we are moving forwards in dentistry? I think milling, milling machines will be obsolete once the 3D printing gets much more accurate. You know, today we are milling dentures. We're going to be printing them soon. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be printing a lot of things that we use in dentistry. I think milling is going to be a yes. thing of the past. I would guesstimate in about three to five years, milling machines will be gone. Yeah. And that's a huge setup as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. I have like, I have milling machines in my lab, so it's quite, it's quite an investment. So, um, and yes. I bought them knowing that the future for milling is not going to be that great once the 3D printers really become super accurate. Yeah, that's very true. And so uh, as we are coming to the end of the presentation and as we are wrapping up this uh, sequence, uh, can I ask you one question? Have, is there anything that I missed out on which will be useful for the users? The, you know, the only thing I would the only thing I would say is sometimes you have to jump off of the bridge and build your wings on the way down. You know, sometimes as practitioners, we're always worried about, oh, should I invest money? You know, should I do this? Should I do that? I would tell you just do it and you won't look back. Yes. Wow, that was an amazing sentence for the closure. And that is something that one should actually just do it and then realize the potential of the technology for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here as our guest and you've been giving such beautiful words and such empowering lessons. And I do think that the users would like to go to digital dentistry and uh, see where they can learn and where they can begin from. So thank you very much for this. Uh, My pleasure. Insightful My pleasure. lesson. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you very much. So don't let cost be a barrier for your growth in 3D technology. I hope you got this lesson clear from Dr. Sajivraj. Visit our website www.surgeonsin3dprinting.com to know more. Subscribe the podcast to hear more interesting conversation with experts across the globe. We would love to connect with you for any unanswered questions. If you are still fired up for more, visit the resources section of our website and find amazing gifts for you. Hope to connect with you in the next episode. Till then, stay safe and live with passion. Life is a work in progress. What matters at the end is the journey.